your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in and the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Sharks podcast your first listens of the day. For the people on the San Jose Sharks feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thankful very thankful to bring in the host, one half of the hosts of the Locked On Sharks podcast, nicknamed the Content Boys, and for the Panthers uh, feed, uh, fellow Dolphins fan as well, JD Young. JD, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. I'm, it's this has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely, it's it, this is something that we've kind of talked about uh, behind the scenes ever since uh, ever since uh, I joined the network, and we both found out that you have a, a you like another team that is colored uh, in teal. So great, great to be doing this, man. Yeah, uh, it's actually the Dolphins were my first love. I was uh, I've been a Dolphins fan since I was like four or five, and my dad forced it upon me, and I blame him every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so- so J- JD knows all about what public subs are out there in the in the West Coast. So he knows all about that. We've spoken a little bit yes. uh, about that as well. So I, I wish I wish that they had publics out there, man, so that you could uh, get get a chicken tender sub. Yeah, when uh, my wife and I, every time we go to, back east to visit my family, that's one definitely on the to do list is to go to get go to Publix and get a sub. So yes. That's awesome, man. And hey, and you're welcome back here any anytime, man. But let, let's talk about this game. The Florida Panthers come out with a 5-4 victory over uh, San Jose on Saturday night, a 6 p.m. puck drop for, for this one, Eastern time. And the San Jose Sharks and the Florida Panthers, they are teams going in different directions. They have, uh, they have different end goals as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Let, let's talk about our biggest takeaways of this game. Uh, for, for the San Jose uh, side, what are your biggest takeaways for coming out of this one? Uh, James Reimer is back, baby. Um, Reimer, who started the season on fire and then kind of dealt with some injuries uh, around the Christmas break and was really rough stretch uh, coming out of the Christmas break. I think he got pulled three times. But um, the past two games has been on fire, you know, against uh, the Caps. He had, I think he stopped like, 41 of 42 shots and then he an onslaught from the panthers last night and he gave up five goals but i mean he was that that could have been like eight or nine goals the way the panthers were playing so you know and um it's great to see him kind of bounce back to form especially if the sharks do have any intentions of trying to make the playoffs he's going to have to be playing like this on a night in night out basis just because the sharks offense just isn't where it needs to be to be a, a, a playoff caliber team yeah, and James Reimer, former uh, Florida Panthers goalie, he was traded the day before Sergey Bobrovsky signed his seven-year, $70 million contract, traded over to Carolina on um, June 30th of 2019 uh, to make space on, on the roster for Sergey Bobrovsky. And 
Always, always, uh, cheer. I always cheer on uh, former Panthers players, especially goalies. Um, Sam Montable is one of them. Uh, James Reimer, uh, the other, and Jacob Markstrom specifically are are three of them that are are in different situations now, but definitely uh, cheering them on. And my biggest uh, takeaway for for this one was the amount of block shots, the discrepancy in block shots between the San Jose Sharks and the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers only had four blocks this whole game and they were kind of not helping Sergei Bobrovsky in this one and that's what really led to the 3-1 deficit for the Panthers at the time and just not being there was a time at the end of the first period the Sharks had 15 shots on goal but the attempted shots for San Jose was 17 so that's that's very telling on how many open shooting lanes that the San Jose Sharks really had early on Sergei Bobrovsky. But the attempted shots for Florida, my goodness, the and you said it you said it best on the locked on sharks uh feed that if you there if the lock if the sharks were gonna be in a track meet with the Florida Panthers, it wasn't going to end pretty for them. And the Florida Panthers in this one ended up with 90 attempted shots, 50 of them on goal. Yeah, and that's that's been kind of the Sharks' mo is they're going to try to block as many shots as they can. Mario Ferraro, who left the game early, you know, I think he left the game after the first like five minutes after taking a puck to the face, and uh, he's doubtful for the rest of the road trip. But he he's the NHL leader in block shots. Nick Benito is the NHL leader in block shots for forwards. Like that's their been kind of their thing is they're going to try to make you work for quality shots and they're going to block as many as they can to try to make their lives easier on the goaltenders. And especially after the way that the defense has been so porous the past couple of years, like they're, they're trying to like kind of slow down and slug up, you know, make these games really muddy and make it difficult for the opposing offenses to get quality shots. And it's worked at times. And I mean, you know, the game plan was there last night and they, they did a great job of taking advantage of the opportunities that they had whenever they got the, like the counterattacks. But again, when you face these cup caliber teams, like the Panthers and the lightning and, you know, and the, they, they play the Canes later today. Like you can all like that. You can only hold the dam so long until it finally breaks. And that's, that's what happened. And you saw the shark by the end of the third period. And by overtime, the sharks were just out of gas. Mm-hmm. And you, you you said it best when running out of gas. And when you're playing five defensemen, um, when Mara Ferraro took the puck to the face, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna put put more pressure on different types of players. When when the Florida Panthers had a lot of co- um, a lot of p- um, players on the COVID list, Mackenzie Weger was that guy logging a lot of minutes in their game against the Los Angeles Kings. Brett Burns in this one. Let's talk about the, the amount <laughs> Casual, of casuals. Thirty four minutes. Thirty four like, minutes. 34 minutes, which the dude, like, he's literally one month older than me. He's going to be turning 37 here next month. Like, I can't do anything straight for 34 minutes. I don't know how he does this. But, like, he's, you know, like, I get, you know, especially with Ferraro getting out, he's having to play. But if only they had, like, a first round, like, a 2018 first round draft pick that's, like, a puck-moving defenseman that's just sitting in their bag in the press box that they could have played. Yeah, so that that was my big thing with like Ryan Merkley, who got benched after the Lightning game, a game where everybody played poorly. They lost, you know, like seven to one or seven to three. I forget what it was, but it was bad, right? But he was, of course, the scapegoat for that game. And then, especially with Eric Carlson being out, Burns is really the only puck moving defenseman that they have right now. So it seems weird to me that you're 
Ryan Merkley, who's a first round draft pick. And I know he's only got less than 20 games under his belt, but it's like you need him to get the puck out of the zone and to take some pressure off Brent Burns. So he doesn't have to play 34 minutes a night. And especially the first game of a back to back. Yeah. I, I can only imagine um, it being frustrated for the former uh, Norse trophy winner. And it, it's just, it, it it's just a lot of, uh, it's it, you're you're taxing a guy at, at that point, but hey, this is an opportunity for him him to play as well. Since you said that Ferraro is doubtful for the trip, Eric Carlson's out until March, so the Florida Panthers could see him the next time they face. But let's go let's go to a break, but and we'll break down more of this game. But first, let we're gonna tell you all about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolution. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthy, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go all to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bar. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with a new limited time flavor, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at Built.com. And welcome back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. So, JD, one thing that really helped with the San Jose Sharks really breaking out to their 3-1 lead was their power play their mm-hmm. their their power play which is which coming into this game was ranked 23rd in the NA, NHL and they got and they went perfect in this one two for two um Dolan get, getting uh both of them how how encouraging is it for the San Jose side that um that they got two for two and and how how, how much of, how much of this can be a momentum swing going forward yeah you hope so especially because they went through a brutal stretch I think from uh it was like December 11th through the January, like whenever that before the team of Meyer five goal game. So uh, I think so January 15th or whatever they had. Uh, and during that time, they'd given up three shorthanded goals on the power play and scored two power play goals. So um, yeah, so th- this is something where, especially right now with the power play being kind of so lopsided with, with the power play one being with, with Burns and Couture and, you know, kind of all of the big names. And then, um, you know, like last night, Mario Ferrara was supposed to run power play too. 
Mario Ferraro, he's a pretty good defenseman, but running a power play probably isn't what in his best skill set. So, but it was nice to see Dalen get going. Um, you know, he came out of the gate on fire, and he, he definitely had some struggles between a shoulder injury and then getting COVID. And he's been kind of rounding back into form. So it's nice for him to kind of get rewarded for his efforts with the the two um, the two goals last night, both being on the power play. But I'm still a little hesitant because his power play is just. Sometimes it'll look really crisp, and then sometimes it just looks like they have like guys are just standing around, static, and it's just they're just passing the puck, waiting for something to happen. So I'm still a little hesitant on the power play being kind of back, but it's at least encouraging to see Dalen uh, get going. Mm-hmm. There, there was a time for the Florida Panthers where they, their uh, power play before the COVID break uh, was at a 16%, but uh, theirs is around the mid-20s uh, right now. They haven't had a power play uh, goal in the last uh, three games, but um, it, it's still better than where where it was uh, before. But one one really encouraging thing for the Florida Panthers, especially Sergei Bobrovsky uh, in, in this one, where he had the, the Florida Panthers broadcast um, Randy Moeller, the color analyst, he said on the save by on Balsers in the middle of the uh, second period on a breakaway, he was all alone on Bobrovsky. He makes a he makes a pad left um, right pad save, and the and Randy Moeller said, "Remember that save." And that was when it was three one at the time. Yep, and, that could have been the backbreaker right there. If Balsers had gotten that, and that's you, we've seen Balsers make. Uh, he scored on on that, I think, against like Calgary and stuff like that. Like he scored goals like that, but you know, it's yeah, that you're at the time you're like, oh wow, that would have been four one, that would have been great. But man, in a game that you lose five to four in overtime, that that could have been the game winner right there. So yeah, that, that was a great save by Barbarowski, especially since he kind of struggled a little bit earlier too for him to kind of work back into the game and, and make that huge save right there. Absolutely, and there's also there's also. Another, another, another one where uh, Carver Hagee gets a goal right in front of right in front of the net. Multiple chances. Weger, Barkov attacked, and then Rahegi gets the gets a loose puck, a scrambling puck right in front of James Reimer. And that was when it was uh, four four two after the second Dolan uh, power play goal. Shortly after, and when it was four two, I was like, oh no, it's uh this is gonna the the Florida Panthers cut it to one and then give give the lead back again and then mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers make it four three and then the offside call which was the easiest call the referees could ever make for for an offside but and great great challenge by uh, Bob Bugner former uh, Florida Panthers um, coach and at at that point JD when they when the goal was reversed I had a little bit of doubts um, that <laughs> that this comeback could could happen uh, because but at the same time something in the back of my head um always said that this team has done it before we've seen that doing it against washington and buffalo um just in the same week uh, just a few weeks ago and i think this is now florida's 13th or 14th uh comeback win of the season top two or three in the nhl and playing in sunrise is just a different story it for this Florida Panthers team than the rest of then when they go to like different NHL arenas now 23 3 and 0 uh, at their home arena they just had a uh, they had just had their biggest capacity crowd since the 2019 season at 18,152 people so and that was on the same night of a Miami Heat home game too so the the crowd was really into it it was it was a 
an opportunity for Joe Thornton to face off against his former team, which was a, a beautiful thing to see him not only play, but in the starting lineup as well. And it was just, it's just an it was just such a great atmosphere seeing it from the from the television side of things for the Florida Panthers perspective. And of course, a, a comeback definitely helps. But for for you, how 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 weird is it seeing uh Joe Thornton in a different uniform? It's still weird. I mean, we had last we had, you know, him playing with the the Leafs, but like since the Sharks didn't play the Leafs last year, like they didn't get that moment. So it's still weird, especially just seeing him there and how long and how important he's been to the San Jose Sharks. You know, last time he played against the Sharks was 2003. I mean, I was, I was a senior in high school at the time. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's been that long and, you know, like he's been, he's arguably the most important person in the, the Sharks franchise. He, you know, Owen Nolan like legitimized the, the Sharks when he came, but Joe Thornton transformed into a perennial cup contender and a, a you know, we we all know that they never got it done, but I mean, being in the playoffs for, you know, I think 14 out of 15 years and just constantly being a team that to reckon with in the playoffs and, you know, and like him and Patrick Marlowe, and then you had Couture and Pavelski and all these guys. And, you know, that it's just, it all started with Joe Thornton. He was the first one and he's the one who kind of legitimized. And it's, it's weird in that picture of him and Burns before the game, whether just, you know, that, the cheeky, the cheesy smile Burns has and stuff. And, yeah, when when the the Panthers show up in March, I think it's March fifteenth. Like that that place is going to be just decked out in Thornton jerseys and stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's still it's still really weird. <laughs> that that even though I'm a Panthers fan, that picture of Joe Thornton and Brett Burns brought a smile to my face. Just two two good friends, two longtime teammates with one another, mm-hmm. made it making a cup run in in 2016, and just. That that was just a that that's just a, a great moment for 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 both of them, uh, and and of course, you you don't want you don't want um, Andrew Burnett to pull a Rick bonus when he uh, yeah. goes back to uh, San Jose. So the fact that he didn't scratch him last night, I don't think he's going to scratch him when when they do do play. Assuming that Joe Thornton is healthy enough to play, and yeah. Joe Thornton uh, played the wing, um, which he hasn't done this season. So, and the center depth for the Florida Panthers has just been a lot better uh, this season. And there, and this is without Noel Chari even playing at all this season. He's skating, but he's been on the um, on LTIR um, pretty much this whole season. So the center depth for the Florida Panthers is, is there, but they might need a little Joe Thornton when it comes to the playoffs. So not playing him every single night. Yep, I think it's going to really help them help them keep him fresh when the playoffs do come around yeah and i think for the the panthers i mean at this point the cup is the goal right so these kind of day-to-day matchups you know it's nice and especially with how you know competitive the top of the the eastern conference is but the main thing is getting everyone ready and healthy for the, the playoffs you know and you know and like you said if thornton's playing every once in a while and you kind of keep him fresh and stuff like that and then when you get to the gruel and the grind of the 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 playoffs where Thornton's been there and he's done it. He's done basically everything except for lift that cup, having that guy there who can, you know, some of the younger guys can go talk to and, you know, just kind of see him, what he goes through. It's going to be huge for the, for the Panthers as they, they make their cup run this year. Absolutely. And and I'm really, 
And I'm really excited for uh, Joe Thornton for an opportunity. I'm sure uh, San San Jose fans. I, I'm think I can't even. Oh, we we one hundred percent. We are behind the Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski. Those, yeah. If if we can't win, one of those guys needs to win it. So. Well, the playoffs looks like a short thing for uh, the Florida Panthers. Ho- hopefully, it's the same thing for the Dallas Stars or wherever uh, Joe Pavelski gets traded Ends to up, if he, he does, does because he's on an expiring contract um, for the Dallas Stars. So who knows where uh, Pavelski will end up. Bring him to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> Pavelski <laughs> on the top. Yeah, just add Pavelski. That'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know what his cap hit is, but I know. I know seven he, million. He's a seven million. I know he signed a three by seven whatever so um but yeah he's he's in, he's still playing at like a first line it's insane what they what, how he's still playing as well as how, how old he is right now uh that that's gonna be a little hard to fit in the, in the cap for sure uh for uh for the panthers so they're gonna have to do what uh tampa bay did with uh david savard uh get a team to take 25 percent of the of the cap hit and exchange it for a draft pick something like that um but I think it's doubtful, um, but <laughs> but definitely uh, definitely I I wouldn't mind Pavelski on on the Panthers, but I I don't I just don't think it, it it's possible with the money um, for for the Panthers. But, so what is what is the going into the playoffs? What do you think is the the Panthers' big need to kind of put them over the edge uh, for that Cup run? Or do you think they're they're pretty much set as is? I think they need a middle pairing defenseman uh, mm-hmm. and one. One uh, name that's been uh, two names have, that have been out there for uh, the Panthers have been Ben Sherratt of the Montreal Canadiens, and the other one is Jacob Chikrin. the The difference is that Ben Sherratt is an expiring contract going into this offseason. Yeah. Uh, Chikrin has term, but his cap hit is very low. That's the benefit of it. But with the flat cap, if you bring Chikrin in, you still have to extend Jonathan Huberdeau. Mackenzie Weger is up for a contract in a few years as well, so they're going to have to continue wheeling and dealing to fit every everyone under. Yep. So is, is Bill Zito going to go with the approach of bringing Sherratt in and being able to reset into next offseason, regardless of result of cup or not? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to have to bring in a, a, per, a guy with term who's one who, if you put Jacob Trickern on this team, you're going to really see him shine way more than of course in in Arizona, I mean that's that's going without saying, but but it's just the term of how to fit him in. And the Florida Panthers still have a situation where they're dealing with the majority of Keith Yandel's buyout next year, and then the mo- majority of that will be gone. I think the recapture penalty of Roberto Luongo ends this year or next. I'd have to check uh, cap friendly again for that. Uh, this year, I'm I'm pulling up cap friendly right now. So yeah, yeah. This year is oh yeah, oh my god. The Keith Yandel one next year is brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's like six million. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, along with uh, Scott Darling as well. So there, there's a there, they're they're, they're going to be a little cap strap uh, ne- next year. But the the way Bill Zito structures his contracts, uh, there's no long term there's no long term commitments outside of the core three for the Florida Panthers and Sergey Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can always, they'll always have a little bit of cap space every single year, uh, when it comes to free agency. And of course, next, next off season, they could, they could try to trade for, uh, a Patrick Hornquist to clear some, they did it with Anton Stroman, um, the, the previous, um, the previous off season, and maybe trade a Brandon Montour to clear, to clear like both of them to like 10 million, something like that as well. 
Um, it can work. It can work with Jacob Trickren, but it's it's just how many times will you have to wheel and deal to fit everyone in? I mean, Vegas is going to have to do it with 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 Jack Eichel, and if they can do it, I think I I think the Florida Panthers uh, can. But it's just it's just how is Bill Zito going to pull that off if yep. they get Jacob Trickren? Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be interesting, you know. I think uh, Kyle and I both picked the Panthers abs as our, our cup finalists, so you know I think that when you have an opportunity like this, you you got to try to strike, and because you never know when you, you know, like we've seen with team, like look at the Canadians last year. Oh yeah, they'll be back, they'll be back, and then they're literally the worst team in the NHL right now. So I don't think the Panthers are gonna fall off like that. But you never know, you know, a guy gets hurt, something, you know, just some guys, this is their their best season ever, and maybe they're just not quite the same after this. Or, you know, Bob Rowski, maybe he turns back into a pumpkin like we've seen him do before. You got to strike when the iron's hot with this. And, you know, and if you are if you win a cup, you don't care about the cap. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's two cares. You won a cup. Nobody cares about the cap after that. So if you win a cup, Everyone, that whole talk of Bobrovsky's contract doesn't uh, matter. Cap hit is all over. That won't yep. be in the conversation because that's the purpose of bringing him in. So yep. it, it's people are some people still complain about it now. I've leveled I've leveled down based on his current play, but it doesn't change the fact that it's not the best cap hit for the Florida Panthers at this point. Oh, if you want to talk about bad caps, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Sharks are trying to the, these next few years for the Sharks they're trying to clear some of those those contracts so because yes. they still have some term on some of their deals so I I get it but that's what happens when you contend for so many years You're trying eventually, to win a cup. It's, it, yep. eventually it's gonna have happen but we're gonna transition over to the next segment where we're gonna talk about futures for both the Florida Panthers and the San Jose Sharks so keep it right here on Locked On Panthers and the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. And we're back here on the floor, the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. So, JD, we have an Olympic break coming up for the NHL. As, as far as the Florida Panthers side of things, they've only had four postponed games, and three of them are road games. One of them were at home, and thanks to a the the COVID uh, postponement, it actually caused the nhl to put a nationally televised game on tnt for the first time this season because every single nationally televised game that the florida panthers have had have been espn plus exclusive not on espn not on tnt all of them have been espn plus so for the panthers side of things this was this was an opportunity this is an opportunity for them to have a game on the national stage and for the florida panthers uh February 16th against the Carolina Hurricanes will be their one and only real nationally televised game. But what about the San Jose uh, Sharks uh, side of things with the with the postpone, postponements and making up that schedule during the Olympic break? And what's to come even before that? What's it looking like for the Sharks? So, yeah, they're, they're going to finish up their East Coast swing here with the Canes on Sunday. And then they, they play the, the Lightning on Tuesday. And that, that'll be the kind of the end of their, their little or the start of their break. And then after that, they only have three games. And then they moved a Vegas game up from April to, to here. So they play Edmonton. So we get to see Evander Canes return to San Jose uh, on Valentine's Day. Uh, that should be fun. Um, and then uh, it's like Vancouver and, you know, kind of some of these Pacific teams that they haven't really played too many of the Pacific teams. I think they've played Calgary twice. They played the Kings once and then um, in Seattle twice. So they have a very back heavy Pacific uh, division 
So, but yeah, this will be nice, especially for Ferraro, who's, you know, uh, has some dental work today, you know, for him to get back. And then some of these other guys who've been kind of dealing with injuries, they'll, you know, kind of get back. Aiden Hill, who's, you know, also been dealing with some injuries. So hopefully he'll be back um, by then too. And I think it'll basically just be LeBanc and Carlson still um, out with injuries right now. So yeah, kind of a good time for the Sharks to kind of get some, get some of these guys healthy as they, they try to make their stretch run here. Mm -hmm. And I did mention on on the top of the show, but organizationally on Saturday night was a great night for the Florida Panthers because their AHL affiliate, Charlotte Checkers, right, right before this game against San Jose, Spencer Knight was actually sent down to AHL uh, Charlotte. And it was it actually, at first, I was very confused of why the move was made. But then we talked about an Olympic break and how many games the Charlotte Checkers would be playing. They'll be playing way more games than the Florida Panthers will. So and he's him still being on his ELC, it gave him a great opportunity to be sent down. And on Saturday night against the Syracuse Crunch, a six-one win for the Checkers and thirty-seven of thirty-eight for Spencer Knight in 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 his second uh, start with the Checkers. He had a he had one of um like a month ago where he gave up five, and that was where Spencer Knight was in the middle of a rough stretch. And it just the fact that he was struggling on both levels just told me about the mental side of things that was yeah. going through Spencer Knight. But then the last two starts for Spencer Knight against the Vancouver and against um I'm blank I'm blanking here. Um not not the most um their Tuesday game. Um Winnipeg. Um but yeah the 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 those last two starts for uh Spencer Knight has just been just been incredible um f for him and I'm 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 excited I'm excited for um Excuse me, um, Vegas. He started against Vegas, not um, Winnipeg. But just those last two games uh, started for um, for Spencer. Just incredible. And then doing it on the AHL level, only giving up one goal. Just in, organizationally was just a great night for the Florida Panthers. And then they have a back-to-back -back against uh, Columbus on Monday and, and against New, the New York Rangers, who last time the Florida Panthers went to Madison Square Garden, the box score will say 4-3, but that was oh, not as close as the final score indicated because the the New York Rangers got out to a 4 nothing lead and the Florida Panthers didn't get make it close until the very end. And, so yeah. the, the Florida Panthers are looking to finish off the season series against the New York Rangers and, the, and get a better performance uh, out of them where they outshot New York by over 25 shots on goal, but Igor Shosturkin... A, a Vesna Trophy, um, fine. He has to be a Vesna Trophy finalist. Um, just he's good at hope, hockey. Hope, hope, <laughs> hope, hope. I, I mean, New York is spoiled with uh goaltending, they just retired Henry Lundquist's number on Friday, and and now the Florida Panthers are looking to go into that that building again to try to figure out Igor Shusterkin. And hopefully, for the Florida Panthers, it, it, it's a it's a, a win, multiple wins on the road because at first in the season there were about 500 on the road mm -hmm. but 22 of their next 37 games are on the road they're 23 and 3 on on home ice 8 6 and 5 on the road a completely different story than what they are on the road the, their their power play numbers going into their most recent road trip were cut in half of what of, of what at least the the power play percentage so let, let's see if the Florida Panthers can build that momentum because their most two recent road trips, a, a two game road trip in Dallas and Carolina, and then that five game road trip, the Western Canadian trip, 
both of them ended over 500. So that is a little bit of an encouraging sign that this Florida Panthers team can get it together on the road because when we, when they get to the playoffs, even though if they win the division, they'll get home ice in the first two rounds and they're more than capable of winning at home, you got to find a way to run, win on the road as well. Yeah. Oh, they got a brutal road trip coming up to that West Coast swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the it's like California. It's all the California teams in March and and, and Vegas. Um, so the Ducks are a surprise this year. The the mm-hmm. LA Kings. We don't know what we're gonna get out of the LA Kings. Uh, they're they're they I think they're like a year or two away from really contending again because they. I I, I really like the direction of their rebuild and one yeah. of the best farm systems in all of, all of the NHL as well. So. That's not going to be an easy trip, and with Vegas, they're gonna they're gonna have Jack Eichel back more than likely. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like with the Pacific, where it's been, you know, like a lot of these teams are kind of in the middle, right? In the kind of that creamy middle right now. And like with your Vegas and Anaheim's been a surprise this year, and um, you know, but like with it's just the Jack Eichel thing's been hanging over the everything that you do in in the Pacific right now because it's like, oh yeah, he's he's coming at some point, and. You know, we don't know how how he's going to be when he gets back, but still, if you assume he's he's still going to get back to some form of Jack Eichel, it's it's terrifying. And you know, like the Sharks have been kind of their whole mo is like we want to make the playoffs, but we want to make the playoffs this year. And it's like, you know, Kyle and I have debated about this the you know the entire season is is it worth going to the playoffs and getting curb stomped by Vegas or Colorado in the first round. And, you know, there's, there's some thought of, well, at least you're giving your young guys what it's like to go through a playoff March, you know, and like trying to make the playoffs and stuff like that. But, you know, I think with Eric Carlson getting hurt and then it's just, you've lost so many kind of pieces you're expecting to count on between Evander Kane, who, you know, like you're not, they were expecting him to contribute this season before Evander Kane started doing Evander Kane things. You know, Kevin LeBanc, who you're paying to be a top six forward and who is on your fourth line and then is out with shoulder surgery. And, you know, like Eric Carlson, who you're paying to be the best defenseman in the league. And he was, you know, uh, he was very good this year and, you know, maybe a dark horse Norris caliber uh, candidate. But like at some point, you just kind of start losing these pieces. And, you know, Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle can only do so much. And before it's, you know, so yeah, there's, there's, Part of me, and then you look at like you were saying before with Anaheim and and LA's uh, farm teams. Like these teams are going to be really, really good, coming really, really fast. And the Sharks just don't have the arms to compete with those as much as you know. Like their twenty twenty draft class is is working. Out, looks like it's going to be really well. You just don't have that top end talent to pair with William Eklund and you know maybe spending another year or two in the cellar and trying to get some more of these top end guys. Um, that you can partner, you know, our whole thing this offseason is going to be find William Eklund a friend and like trying to find another top end guy to, to pair with with Eklund. And then when you're especially when you have to play with Zegris and Byfeld for the next couple of years, it's yeah, the Sharks are in a weird spot, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And looking at the standings on the on the West Coast, um, Calgary has games in hand, so that that doesn't help as, as well. And I believe Minnesota is the other team that has a. Uh, uh, games in hand, yeah. They, um, and Edmonton has games in hand too, even yeah. though they're not in the best position uh, right now. So it's gonna it's gonna be hard uh, for the, for the Sharks. Um, it, 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 they're just outside of it now with without those games in hand. But um, some, like I said, sometimes when you contend for so many years, eventually eventually teams are gonna have to start over. I mean, 
we see that in multiple sports in the salary in sports mostly that have a salary cap mostly yeah. that we we see it in and um and hope and hopefully for for uh like you said William Eklund gets a friend. He's um, for the Panthers listeners. William Eklund started the the season with San Jose and then went back to went um, went, went back to uh, his uh, his team. He went back to Sweden. Yeah, Drew Garden in Sweden. Yeah, yeah. He, so hopefully, hopefully the Panthers get to see him in March, uh, and we get to see um, William Eklund, who uh, who's seen uh, who's seen the memes of the Content Boys. Uh, something that uh, something that. Uh, they had uh William Eklund on their show. So that was a that was a fun that was a fun conversation, JD. So but <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But anyways, uh thank you once again for uh doing this crossover with me uh for the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. For my listeners, tell them where they can find you on the internet. Uh they can find me on Twitter at my Fryhole. Um you can find my co-host Kyle at Kyle Demetrius. Um the show of course is at Locked On Sharks where we post 87 percent of the time and then we manifest the rest of the uh, time so um of course you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts spotify apple etc etc and subscribe to us on youtube as we make the march to a thousand subscribers so we can get some of that sweet sweet uh money from youtube so. <laughs> awesome and for the san jose sharks listeners they can follow me on twitter at mondoman 12 follow the show account at lo underscore f la panthers and follow the locked on florida panthers podcast anywhere they listen to podcasts and hopefully uh listen to the show as we try to make the march towards the playoffs and beyond but thank you so much jd and i will see you in march all right sounds good buddy and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the locked on florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed make sure to subscribe to locked on nhl and the crosscheck nhl show with andrew brookshire and mary clark we'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Lockdown Bets, your one-stop shop for all things betting. Lockdown Bets, hosted by Boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Lockdown Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, my mind of with J.D. Young, and you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.